Tanya for the 19th of Iyab, the first story. Rebbe Melech and Reb Zusha of Anapoli, they were famous rabbis and famous um, scholars and students of the the Magid of Mezrich, contemporaries of the author of the Tanya, the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe. And they were, they were great tzaddikim. But in the early life, while they were still extremely righteous, they were entirely unknown. No one knew about them, and they would travel from town to town in this self-imposed exile where they, they had incredible experiences, but the one thing in common is most people weren't able to recognize how great these seemingly beggars were, and no one had any idea that these people were the, the giants of giants. And one time they, they arrived in a particular village, and they, they, wore, they, were, they arrived very late at night, as so they were walking the town trying to find a house that had the light still on with the mezuzah, you know, someone that they could, you know, kind of be guests at. And they finally saw a very fancy house, a very well wealthy looking house, and the light was still on. So they knocked on the door and they said, we're two traveling Jews. We don't have any money, but would you be able to host us? And the owner got very upset. He said, do I, do I look like some, some um, inn or some hotel? There's a there's a house already dedicated in this in this community for beggars and paupers. You could find you could find some somewhere a bed to sleep on over there. And he threw them out, and they weren't offended. They just left. They went to they went they kept walking around the city and they found another house. A very simple scribe, a cipher was there, and they knocked at the door and they asked the same thing. The man was very hospitable, invited them in, gave them royal treatment as royal as he could make it, and they were treated very warmly. Many years later, these two men became rabbis in the respective uh, cities that they were rabbis, and now they were very, very, very famous men. And when they came back to this particular city, for whatever reason it was, they stopped, um, they stopped at the... At the you know the local um, you know the, the 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 place over there where whatever the, whatever the 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 organization that arranged these things were and they they were told there's a very wealthy man who wants to host you he hosts all visiting rabbis all people that are you know prestigious and respectable and and important he's the one that, that has the honor of of hosting them and so a short while later the that this wealthy man um, receives like the, the envoy of the wagons and the luggage and all the clothes that all arrives at his house and he's meanwhile waiting for the rabbis to show up and they don't show up. And he starts doing some research and he finds out the rabbis are staying at the local sofa's house. And he was so puzzled, he couldn't understand. He said, they sent all their belongings to my house and yet they themselves are staying at the at the scribe, and they said the scribe is a is a pauper; he can't properly take care of them. These are fancy rabbis, so he made his way to the sofer's house, to the scribe's house, and he asked the rabbis, "What's going on? You sent all your belongings to our house, and all the horses and the wagons, but you yourselves are staying here. What's what's going on? I'm the one that's agreed that to take you." So the rabbi said, "We've been here before, and last time we were here, this man took us in, and you had no interest in having us." And we tried to work out what's the difference between now and then. The only difference is last time we showed up with nothing. And this time we're showing up, you know, we have wagons and horses and luggage. And so we decided that obviously the only thing you want is the horses and the luggage. Because that's the only difference between us from last time and, and this time. So we sent you that and we stayed in the same place that we stayed last time. The Tanya so far is dealing with 
understanding how much of a contraction, how many times, three times the, the Hashem broke down his energy, but how much Hashem broke down his energy from one contraction to the next contraction, this enables us to understand how much God loves us. If Hashem is willing to break down his energy so much in order for our existence in this world to be created, well then God truly loves us so much. And understanding this, and this enables us to reciprocate this love back towards God, and we're able to love God, knowing how much God loves us. We have this question: What connection do the, do the blessings before Shema have to do with actual Shema? Shema is about the unity of God, and the blessings before don't seem to have much to do with that. And so all the commentators all ask, you know, what's what's the, what's the connection? We're making a blessing on on something that seemingly, you know, the blessing before has nothing to do with the actual content of the of the the mitzvah, the commandment that we're doing afterwards of saying Shema. The Rashba, many of the other commentators, halachic authorities, are trying to wonder when you say a blessing on. On Shabbos candles, the blessing has very much to do with the Shabbos candles. When you do it on separating challah, has so much to do with it. When you put on tefillin, has the blessing you're making is on the tefillin. When you're on Shabbos, you, you're you're talking about the greatness of Shabbos. But the blessings before Shema don't really sound anything to do with the actual Shema itself. And the Altar says exactly the opposite. It has everything to do. So why do we say these two blessings before the Shema? What is the mitzvah of Shema? What's the, 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 the thrust of it all? That we should say it as it says in the Shema itself. You should say it with all your, with both your hearts, or with, with your entire inclination. Both your inclinations and your whole heart. What you need to do is, when you're saying Shema, you need to Go against anything that gets in the way of God. What does your heart mean? It means your wife and your children. A person naturally loves their wife and loves their children. That the, 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 no one needs to be taught to do that. It's just the way it is. And once a person gets married, they have this natural love towards their wife. They have a natural love once they have children towards their children. They don't need a training for this. It's just the way it is. When a person wants to focus on God, what he needs to do is he needs to make sure his love is entirely unaffected. Nothing else trumps the love towards God. That includes our wife and children, which means a person needs to kind of recondition himself when he's saying Shema to ensure his love is purely dedicated towards God. And the Shema says, and the Shema says, you need to love God with your soul, and with all your might. What does that mean? A person has, you know, a, a natural love towards being alive. We talked about leveraging that earlier on, and a person has a natural um, love towards money or. What money brings, sustenance and food and provisions. So when a person, when a person is saying the Shema, what they're, what they're really supposed to be doing is dedicating their love and their, their everything to exclusively towards God. And to renounce every other form of love and just cleave to God and the love of God. Now, of course, question, the question is, well, that's a very tall order. 
you need to now love God exclusively to the exclusion of your wife and your children and your life itself and your your sustenance and money. That's very hard to do. Therefore, says that's the reason why the rabbis put these two blessings that seemingly have nothing to do with Shema itself. Because in order for you to do Shema effectively, you need to love God exclusively. So what is Yetzirah? What is Yotzer over the first blessing before Shema? What does it talk about? But Shom Neman over there it talks about the Nishne Barichus Inyan Veseda Hamalachim Ha'Undem Ruma Olam. It talks about the angels that stand in the highest locations in, in the world, the highest angels. Well, that's what we're discussing about the praise that they give towards God. How does that help you love God exclusively? Because the first blessing of Shema lets you know the greatness of God. When a person reads the first blessing of Shema, what are they talking about? The greatness of God. Why? Because we talk about the greatness of angels. Like, whoa, those angels are so impressive. They're so powerful and they're so connected. And then we realize, oh, they're entirely nullified to God. They're nothing compared to God. And suddenly you start to have this small awareness. Okay, God might really, really, really be great. It's almost like a person races someone and the person that they race entirely makes laps around them. And then the person tells you, listen, I'm not really a fast runner. There are runners who can run three times my speed. And suddenly you start becoming very impressed by those other runners. You've never met the other runners. But just by extension of the person that you did run, or with the limited the limited understanding of the of the speed of that you just experienced, you have to go, whoa, okay, the other person must be so much faster. That's when we talk about the angels and then talk about how they're entirely nullified to God, we start to realize, okay, God is really great. Ella, so why, and, and then we lo- discover, okay, God's really, really great. And then where's God's focus? Ella Malochalai's Kavoida, he connects his show. And then you realize Hashem feels this world, which means Hashem has this connection with the Jewish souls here and the Jewish souls above. But it's all about us. So we talk about God's greatness. We talk about the fact that the, even the greatest angels have no idea where God's greatness is. They're entirely irrelevant compared to God. They, they don't have a place. They don't even know where God's place is. That's how disconnected they are from true godliness. And then the second blessing. What's the theme of the second blessing? And then the second blessing of Shema. We say, Hashem loves us with His everlasting love. And the second blessing is about how much God loves us. So the first blessing is how, God, how great God is and how disconnected the angels are and they have absolutely no inkling and no understanding of God or even where God's place is. And the second, uh, second blessing we say before Shema is that God left the higher world and is just focused on us. God loves us. And just like we say about Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov, that God was the God of them, God's the God of us too. God's the God of me the same way. Well, of course, whether we appreciate it like they did, it's of course a different discussion. But we're able to say God is our God, just as they were able to, just as Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov were able to say that God is their God. God. Because based on this rule that we spoke about yesterday, love um, um, gets, gets impels flesh. It gets rid of flesh. It, it, it passes through it. It, it. it doesn't let flesh be a limitation. That's why it's called a, a love of the world.
God put aside everything else, contracted his own energy, broke it down in order that he could have a relationship with the Jewish people. That's the theme of the second blessing, this everlasting worldly love that God has, in spite of the fact that the first blessing talks about the great angels and all the powerful beings that are so far great and so far beyond this world. Pierce, Exceeding the closeness that Hashem has of the of the angels, Hashem chose us from all the other nations and and all the other languages. Who are It's this is saying we look the same as all the rest of the nations of the world and all the rest of the nationalities of the rest of the world, and yet God chose us. So it's this it's this incredible choice that God made, an incredible bond that God has. Choosing us above all the all the angels and all the celestial beings and all the incredible, powerful entities that create that our brains cannot even fathom, that don't even understand God, are so entirely nullified from God. And God said, "Yeah, you're great and all. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that interested. I, I'd rather focus on this world." And even in this world itself, Hashem chose the Jewish people, which is such an incredible privilege. Be of Tanu, and God brought us close for to give thanks. And 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 um, to proclaim the oneness, which means that to be connected with God, God chose us not just to have a relationship with us, but to make us unified together with Him. So, simply put. How, answering the two questions, number one, how does the blessing before Shema help a person come to love? And why, and what is the connection between the theme of Shema and the blessings before? The theme of Shema, the two blessings is, number one, uh, the God is so, so, so great. And God is so far greater than the angels. And God, and, and in spite of that all, God, they don't even know where God is. They have no connection or relationship to to God in the in the in what would you what would you would expect to be a very incredible relationship because they're so holy and pure. And point number two is that God left everything else, the higher angels, everything in this world, and God just has a relationship with us. And when we understand that, like we've been speaking over the past three chapters, we'll or the fourth chapter, we're, we're able to we're able to light a very passionate love towards God because we realize God really really loves us. And the understanding of that enables us to love God back. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Zalman Nishra Shishnamo Yavakon Mishalman and Sadam Kosovo. Sarah Sarah Jeff Shuntaniel Kamanyan and Fushan Veraman, Rabban Kabish of CSW Jeraman Shabasaraka, Lakhani Mishwaka, Tray Levat of Liba, Lilamba Dalat, Tray Levas, Freda Hindan, and also Nisha Fushlema, one of the very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.